Hi, my name is Julia, and this is the host of the With CP podcast. Today, I'm here with my co-host, Ben, and we're here for another episode of Tea Time with Ben and Julia. Ben, would you like to say hello? Hi. And today, we have a very special <laughs> guest today. We have Gary Kimura, um, and I'll have him introduce himself to you. Hi. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm Gary. I'm uh, Asian-American, grew up in South Seattle. Um, and that's, uh, I teach now part-time at the University of Washington Computer Science. Thank you for having me here. Yay. Yes. Yes, thank you for um, agreeing to show up on this podcast today. So, Ben, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Asian American and academics. Kind of like in that intersection, um, as it falls under the model minority myth, we're going to go through what it, what it means to like grow up Asian American um, and then being in school, like the stereotypes, the expectations, right? And not just from your family, but from society and maybe like the, these pressures that we were put under, but also what we made of ourselves out of that. Because um, I think it's not just all bad things. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so I can start as like kind of a way to frame like. <clears throat> so, oh, Julia, we forgot to introduce yourselves. Oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> well, as a reminder, my name is Julia. Um, I identify as a female. I'm 21 years old. Um, I am Chinese American, and I grew up in West Seattle. And I am Ben. Um, I immigrated from Vietnam when I was seven. I grew up in Tacoma, Washington, and I identify with any gender really honestly um but yeah let's go back to our regularly scheduled programming julia you can start okay um <laughs> so just to start so i grew up in west seattle so i went to like lafayette elementary and then i went to madison middle school which were very predominantly white schools <clears throat> honestly i didn't even really know i was asian until i went to middle school <laughs> um and like so for me like, I don't think I was very cognizant of, like, my race or my identity going through school. Um, I remember, like, my white classmates would be, like, the big thing in, like, the early 2000s was, like, are you a blonde or are you a brunette? And I was, like, well, I don't, I guess maybe I'm a brunette, but my hair is definitely darker than brown. Um, so I, I definitely, like, went through school kind of, like, being, like, the only Asian kid in my class, like, not really being cognizant of my race until like people you just start you just felt a little different mm. um definitely though like I think like growing growing up going through like school with like a predominantly white class like I think people would just like occasionally say things to me that I like kind of internalized but didn't really understand like things like oh my gosh like Julia you, sh you must be like really good at math right and I'd be like uh sure I guess I'm pretty good at math <laughs> um but definitely it wasn't until like I think going to high school, I went to Chief South High School, which was closer to my home, definitely a lot more diverse, um, still predominantly like white, but definitely a lot more diverse where, you know, I started like realizing like, hey, like I'm, I'm Asian and like maybe certain teachers are like putting expectations on me to be like really mm. smart, to be really successful. Um, and then maybe some teachers are placing really high expectations on me to do well. Like, I definitely feel like some teachers are really tough on me, um, always telling me, like, I could, come on, Julia, like, this should be easy for you, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think, I think I have a different experience, though, in okay. the sense that, like, um, I was in, I went to Larchmont 
Elementary, then to Stafford Elementary in South Tacoma, and then to Baker Middle School, and then Foss High School. Mm. So all of those schools were uh, predominantly um, kids of color, and or at least like you know half half, right? Um, and like most of them were also immigrants. So I kind of like grew up being cognizant of like maybe not race as like the whole theory of race, but at least like like there are multiple people who look different, and that's okay, mm. right? Those are the kids. And um, I think to your point about stereotypes, though, I think interestingly the kids would be um, my fellow peers would be like, oh, you must be good at smart at math, and I'm like, yes, I am because I'm intelligent, not because of like I'm Asian, because if you look around, there were enough other Asian kids who weren't good at mm. math to kind of like immediately disprove that. Um, So stereotypes kind of like lived in like that playground area where you're just calling names and like making fun of people, right? Um, But for my teachers, I think um, because because I was, I think because I immigrated when I was seven, I didn't have a good grasp on English outside of reading it. Mm. So they, my teachers were at once like skeptical of my um of my knowledge but at the same time kind of like expected that I would have that knowledge it's it's such a weird dissonance to have where it's like oh that expectation of just seeing my face and be like that kid must be smart and also looking at my grammar and be like what is this so that's that's how that was like my elementary to middle school experience um for the most part but yeah yeah well, let's see. I grew up in, like I said, South Seattle. I was actually a, a product of the 60s and 70s. And as far as my identity and um, academically and stuff, it's there was this notion, right, being as an Asian American, uh, you have to be smart mm-hmm. and potentially do that. And actually, it's a... I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but it's you know as far as the you had to be smart at math yeah. and science. <laughs> it's 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 okay if you can't spell, and it's okay if you're not very good at English because you're Asian. That was sort of the, almost oh, a typical thing. Interesting. Um, and for good or bad, I actually sort of fell into that category. I was a terrible speller. My English wasn't very good, even though I was native here. Uh, you know, as far as grew up in Seattle and born here, but um, my my math I was okay at. And so it's, in, in some ways, it was, I think some of the educational part of it, like I said, it was a two-edged sword, is that you were expected to be good at it. I was, I was okay. I, was, I, I succeeded at it. But if I had a bad day, mm-hmm. they said, oh, you're just having a bad day. You don't really, you, you get it. You're just having a bad day. We'll continue on. And so you're sort of given that extra mm. uh, grace, if you want to say that, mm. to, to, mm-hmm. to go through that. And that's sort of how... The, I grew up there. As far as the, and you know, as far as my um, my classmates, it was it was a very diverse in South in Rainier Valley, South Seattle. So I went to Franklin High School, and that was, and um, it was. I, if I were to use the word clickish in terms of the, the yeah. Asian community <laughs> being. Um, or just the people who do the science and math, we essentially hang out to, hung out together yeah. and worked that way. Yeah. But that was pretty much how it was growing up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like, you bring up the, the idea of cliques, because I definitely feel like even at my high school, like, when I went to Chief South, that was, like, a lot more diverse, had more Asians. Like, the Asian kids would hang out, right? Mm-hmm. Or even in middle school, like, the one or two Asian kids would, like, find each other and, like, make a small friend group, and then, like... I don't know, like, I feel like we would kind of 
come together and like bond over like oh like like somebody said this weird thing to me today or like oh this teacher is being really hard on me or like also hey can you pass me your homework like (laughs) (laughs) like we would definitely like be helping each other out um but also like I think it's interesting like the expectations from like not only your peers but I definitely feel like I I was under a lot of pressure from my parents too like like to do well in school like I was put into like an honors program it's called it was called spectrum um it's now been disbanded because people are like that's a little racist (laughs) but I was I was in spectrum and my parents like wanted me to do app which was like the accelerated um program I tested I did not get in um but definitely like coming home I remember once I got like a three out of five on an assignment and my mom like lost lost her shit like she was like oh my god you're so dumb like come on you should really be doing better than this you're smarter than this like how are you gonna like if if you want to succeed in life you have to do well in school like Mm. i think they always like battered me with that and and i think like as i got older they started to like let off a little bit and then i started like internalizing those notions that i have to be perfect i have to get 100 in order Mm -hmm. to be successful at that point like it was already internalized and interesting yeah and then i think i also just like carried that out throughout Mm me if that makes sense yeah no absolutely like the sense of perfectionism Mm -hmm. still within me so you know i still catch myself you know trying to get it to like that perfect dot um and that's just unrealistic but i think it's so interesting too in the sense of like um how and like you can weigh in on this too um of like how far away you are from when you first immigrated and mm-hmm. your experience um because like for me um my parents didn't know enough english to weigh in on my education life mm. they did in the sense that like the expectation for me is that education was the road to success that mm-hmm. was always present and that was always you know looming over your head like education was a way to assimilate to Mm. american culture and become a little bit more american Uh, but in the nitty-gritty things you know like did they check my homework did they go over my grades um no because one they didn't have the time or the energy they were working all the time and two um they wouldn't understand Mm. so over time i just never just gave it to them in the first place so i think that um that like for me and my family education was kind of like are you going to go to college Mm. right are you going to go to a university and are you going to get scholarships because who can pay for you if you can't get a good grade to get Mm. scholarships right so it was that pressure of higher education leading to higher paying jobs leading to sustained successful life in america yeah yeah that's definitely a good point there which is uh when i grew up education was emphasized a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember if I, it's not so much that my, my mother said you had to get, always get straight A's, but if I didn't, if I ever got something that was less than an A, mm-hmm. she'd say, you can do better than that. Yeah. What's not, what's going on? Do better than that next time mm-hmm. to, to succeed that way. Um, and that's, it's like, um, I think for my parents, so I'm third generation, my mother was born and raised in, also in the U.S. Um, she, one phrase she used a lot was that, that get a good education because that's the one thing they can't take away from you. Mm. Right. And it took me a long time to realize where that came from. And it came from when she was um, through World War II mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the camp she had to go to, with the mm-hmm. internments. And that sort of was, was, a lot of it was taken away from her then. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, you got to get a good education. It's the one thing you can't take away, they can't take away from you. Mm-hmm. 
also with expectations, she was, it was, I grew up sort of, my siblings also grew up saying, college, that's a given. Yeah. yeah. You, if, yeah. if you don't go to college, you know, it's not even, that's not even an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sure. that's how I grew up, which is the, going, going toward that end. Yes. Okay, Gary, you, you just like lit a firecracker off of my head. That's crazy that your mom would say like education is the one thing that they can't take away from you because even now, like my mom says that to me. Mm. She's like the, yeah. literally the exact same quote. She's like, you need to go to law school. You need to get educated because that's the one thing they can't take from you. And my mom, like, like she says that like even now, like with her, she's like an accountant. She's a certified public accountant. Mm. She has a lot of certifications. Um, and like even at work, like people make fun of her because she has like an accent when she talks mm-hmm. or like she's passed up on promotions. And like she's like, she's like, I really, really just want you to get your education because like she's like with your education, like they will never be able to take that from you and like treat you bad because you're you're like an educated person. Like my mom always says, like, what if I didn't have this certification? Like how much worse could they treat me? Mm-hmm. She's like, this certification is kind of like my armor. It's my shield mm-hmm. um, from all the bad things. So that's crazy that like <laughs> both of our moms said the same thing. <laughs> that's that literally crazy. Decades apart though. Yeah. Decades, decades apart. apart. Yeah, isn't that wild? Um, I think I think like for me, it's like it's like this weird territory. Like um, like for my family, they know that education is success, but like, not a lot of people in my family has ever achieved that status. Mm. So like you know, for me, first generation um, college student, like for, I think it was just kind of like this weird, in a sense, um, this weird mission kind of like a quest where you have like a distant goal but nobody in your family has like achieved that goal so you're like go forth (laughs) right you have to achieve that goal so that everybody else can um achieve it with you and so there was like i felt like there were like my like um i'm not sure if i can say it right but like ghosts Mm. following me um of my family thinking that like if I had the opportunity, I would have been you. So why can't you do that? Mm-hmm. My my dad, like, he always said, like, oh, yeah, I, if I had gone to college, if I had come from a really good, rich family, like, I could have been a great doctor. Mm. And, and now he's, like, pressuring my older brother to be a doctor. He wants to go to medical school and everything. And, yeah, my dad always brings that up, too. He's like, yeah. if I was in your shoes, I would have gone to school and become a doctor. And could yeah. have. And now he's now he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just an accountant now. And he's like, but I could have been an, an artist. I could have been a doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really sad because mm-hmm. he's – I feel like at least for, like, my parents, like, it feels like they work to, like, survive – and, and and recently, like, my partner's parents told me this. They were like, you know, I feel like my generation had to work to survive. Your generation should thrive. Mm-hmm. Like, and that just makes me so sad because I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. I don't know. Gary, what's your take on this? It's interesting to think about for our different generations, um, the, def- the definition of success. Mm. Right. Success being education, mm-hmm. high education, yeah. they call it a wild paint job, and how they classify that. And it's... In some ways, we've been, I think, brainwashed to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. s- success for is not, that's not what success success needs to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people should be successful doing things that aren't like that, like yeah. being musicians or right. being uh, artists in mm-hmm. some ways, and that we should honor that. But it, we have we've been indoctrinated so that no, it's yes. got to be 
those high pain yes. doctors, lawyers, you know, lawyers yeah. scientists. Or here, you know, like software engineers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying, yeah. And I think too that, um, like tying it back to like the model minority myth for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like when, um, when people were allowed to immigrate to the U.S., they would only choose people with certifications right. mm-hmm. that who were doctors, mm-hmm. who were engineers, who mm-hmm. were mechanics, who mm-hmm. were these high, like high-skilled level people, rather than like you know just anybody. Mm-hmm. So like you already have like the beginning of this model minority as like um, someone who is willing to work hard against mm-hmm. all odds, likes it, and um, is able to have all of these skills at the end of the day, be, without realizing that they were chosen because of those skills not because they came here and gained those skills right yeah yeah like my 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 partner's um mom has a phd and she Mm -hmm. was able to come come to the u.s on um what is it like a special talents visa basically just like being Mm. super educated super uh, i think you have to quote unquote contribute to america (laughs) like (laughs) like significantly significantly i think yeah um and i think that also feeds into it so so like revisiting like this idea of like the model minority okay so we've we've kind of like established kind of that like asians really really value and prioritize education now let's look at like like why though like (laughs) i guess that's the part of the model minority Mm -hmm. thing is like oh asians are especially good at academics we especially prioritize education we work hard and that's why we can succeed but then if you look at other like racial groups in america it's not like they don't prioritize education it's not like they don't work hard just just why are yeah why are asians in a sense like allowed to mm-hmm. succeed in yeah. academics i don't yeah, that's I think, a really hard question yeah yeah but pass it off to gary first that's <laughs> a good question it's like uh the it's a privilege and it's not privilege it's, it's been is privilege the right word i think it's a i think it's a good it's word. A, it's a, it's yeah a it's, a, it's yeah. a privilege that um even privilege it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the advantages that we've been given that we aren't necessarily uh, mm, earned, aware have earned, or yeah. aware of, yeah. aware of. Yeah. Uh, how that came about is a great question. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. W- and I think we also have to admit even that it's there, that that's, it's not earned, it's not really right either, because... Mm. It, that's, it's not the color of our skin or where our parents came from that decides how we can really succeed and what we can really do and what our, what our attributes are, what our, what our aptitudes are. It's, um, it's who we are and how we... It's, it's, so many other things are involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's... Yeah. yeah, I think like it would be wrong to say... like I think... I do think in a lot of ways like, Asians are very privileged, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. whether we come from like educated backgrounds like our parents immigrating on like special talent visas Mm -hmm. or um i don't even the fact that like we have family like back in other countries that we Mm -hmm. could like go to and they have wealth built up there that they can like send money over to us um and i do think like i don't know colorism is like real you know like Mm -hmm. like asians like some asians are really light and almost white you know so yeah i don't know it's I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm still getting educated about this history. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as far as I know, like, I really do think the model minority myth, like this idea mm-hmm. of um, the perfect um, Asian American who resembles all the American dream for anybody who's not white, mm. uh, really was is kind of is is a weapon, right? It's a tool. It's a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like um, 
African Americans were never given that, like yes. legally, socially, mm-hmm. in any in any of the realms, mm-hmm. and um, with like different social conflicts throughout the years, different racial groups have been painted as enemies, yeah, or oh, yeah. or worse than, and I think the closest um, in history we would have would be the Japanese internment camps, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of like Asian American history here, mm-hmm. without going way back, you yeah. know, to the railroad days and um, Chinese American exclusion acts and stuff like that. So, like currently, currently I do think we have that privilege, but I do think it's always good to be reminded that like, um, it like this this kind of privilege never is not belonging. I don't think, right? Like you're you're successful until you have power. Exactly. Yeah, you're successful until you have power. Like you, you can have the skills, you can have the money, you can have all the access you want to accumulate in America. But as soon as you try to accumulate power, mm. that's that's when it gets fucked up. Who like there's little to no Asian American representatives mm. in U.S. politics. It's very true. Why? Um, and why does your mom, you know, who's still being very financially well off as a family, still get passed over for promotions? Yeah. So that's that's kind of like how I'm thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's definitely power is the right word to use on that. Mm-hmm. It's as a, as a minority here, we're allowed to blend in and mm-hmm. be successful and contribute mm-hmm. as long as we don't control. Yeah, mm. and have a, and we actually have a say. So there's actually in some ways, I would you can call it for some might call it a glass ceiling, but it's actually a ceiling that simply yes. says you're not allowed to go much any further than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. so like this dream of like you know the american mm-hmm. the american dream is i think it's just a, a false reality yeah. like people can strive for it and mm-hmm. i think they can be content with it mm-hmm. but i don't think people will ever like be freely be themselves you know yeah. just going mm-hmm. for this so when i grew up yeah as growing up i didn't realize that yeah. i in fact i'm gonna I, i'll admit this to you mm-hmm. i grew up you know in grade school stuff saying so when I grew up and get older, I'm going to be white. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to be in that. I'm going to have the, all the privileges and all the stuff and seriously be there. Yeah. Not realizing what that really meant. Yeah. And it wasn't until later on I simply said, ah, now I'm getting a bigger understanding of the big picture yes. of the world. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, uh, I grew up wanting to be white and actually really not realizing what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Even when I was um, finishing off, finished graduating, went to work, mm. I was actually thinking, yeah, okay, I'm probably one of the only Asian Americans in my small work group, mm. but they're all white. I can fit in with them. I'll just be like one of them. And yeah. actually, that was my mentality. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later on that I came on to realizing, that's not right. Mm-hmm. But that's, what's, that's what's sort of what I was indoctrinated to try to become, yes. to try to do and try to yeah. be. And it wasn't until later on they simply says, "No, that's yes. <laughs> not going to happen." Yeah. yeah, and it shouldn't happen. Yeah, I should be who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. I remember, like in my math class, there was like, um, there was like uh, my my math class in high school. There was like one of my peers was a white woman named Emma, mm-hmm. and she was like super good at math. She was super good at sports, and I felt the same way. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like you are you are the epitome of like." 
the best person you could ever be the coolest high schooler you're good at math you're good at sports and i felt the same sentiment i was like i want to be like you one day you know um and i i just yeah i agree with you i totally i just think it's wrong to want Mm -hmm. to i don't know like i guess deny your own reject your own identity and try to like conform yeah into whiteness and those ideals the thing was that like whiteness wasn't like a race whiteness was like everything everything yeah it was everything right so it wasn't like me erasing my asian identity to become white it was kind of like me shifting my asian identity to fit into like how i can be successful in this country um which is also wrong yeah right like that's also not not true um and I think it makes our work so much harder at CE when you, like, go beyond, like, you know, like, um, the white, the black, white, um, look at, like, racial, um, racial work and racial justice. And you're just like, where do I belong? You know, like, I yeah. am both, I am both someone who contributes to, um, this, these structures because I do have privilege, mm-hmm. right? I do have a lot of privilege. And also, I am not, I am also a victim. Because mm-hmm. here we are trying to become white and we don't even know what that means. And then realizing it when we're older and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and how many other kids are like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember my first learning tour with CP. Um, we were like down in the South in Virginia and we were like learning about like a black history. We we're learning about like, well, I don't know, I guess white history um, down there <laughs> as well, too. <laughs> like, I'm gonna call it out. And then I remember like feeling on that trip like feeling like really confused about what like which side of history am I on like am I like am I I am one who contributes to these systems of power but then I'm also yeah like you said like a victim of these systems like which side of history am I on you know Mm -hmm. yeah you're right I took the tours down the south too and it's you're right. We understand the, the 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 history of the black and the white history both, mm-hmm. and you're you stand there and simply say, "Which one do I fit into?" And you realize you don't really fit into either one. Mm-hmm. Um, am I just an observer? Mm-hmm. In some ways, I, I I can I can be. I could be just sitting back and observing and sitting on my mm-hmm. you know sitting down mm-hmm. saying, "I'll watch you guys fight it out." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or. I can get involved. I can say this is. You know, I gotta take a. I, I can take a side. I can be involved. And I think some of what CP does, or definitely what CP does, says, don't sit down there. Be involved. Be mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. Understand that the the tension, mm-hmm. uh, the the fights that's going on, it's not just between the people that you're watching. You're included in that, mm-hmm. and it's going to affect you. Right. Yeah. And you sh- you should definitely involved and active in that and that's something that uh, my wife and I've been doing yeah yeah you know going back to that whole model minority tying it back to academics like exactly like why should why is the success of Asians in academics being weaponized Mm -hmm. against white people against Mm -hmm. other BIPOC people like why is it seen as like a threat why is it seen as like oh we have privilege you know it's like we are that whole concept of like Asians and academics, Asians in school, it's all part of a larger narrative of like yeah. different racial and ethnic groups basically like fighting each other, vying for power essentially. Yeah. And I think this school is one of those contested like play fields, I guess. Yeah. 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 And you know, like I am intensely grateful for the education that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
for the opportunities that I have since my parents immigrated. Because otherwise, how would I have the vocabulary to talk about this, mm-hmm. to be in this space with you all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, like, we could also do our part to educate while we're, like, while we're here, which I think is part of what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an education for people who listen, um, but also within my own family, you know? Um, like, I think the idea of being successful, the idea of, like, making it never really left. But I'm new, so far, me and my sister are the only ones who are in college mm-hmm. out of, like, all of my cousins and my family. Um, people, we, you know, we've entertained working. We've done um, community college instead. Mm-hmm. And, and not just, like, four-year universities on scholarships, right? So just breaking the idea of what it means to be an Asian in, in academia or an Asian in, um, in school is I think kind of crucial it just shows you it just shows you there's so many other things that you can be like what you're talking about right there's just not one path to success um yeah yeah so I think about you're talking about the um going back a little bit to the um the Asian uh minority population you know minorities in, in the U.S. and other uh ethnic groups like the blacks and stuff Black, black ethnic groups, and it's um, when I was growing up. It's it's shameful to say this, but there's there is this um, attitude within my family, mm-hmm. uh, 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 my some of my aunts and uncles too, especially that. Well, we're making it. Why don't? Why can't they make it? Mm, right, right. What's stopping them from doing it? I mean, we we also had our you know, problems, but we were making it, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that it's there's this privilege involved in that. Mm-hmm. And there's that it's not so much that um, that you're, it's, it's definitely that you're making it, but what part of the system is is really suppressing other groups? Yes, from succeeding. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, why is you know why 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 do those exist? And um, that's, that's something that just had that was not thought about much or mm-hmm. talked about much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you so when like because we're kind of like at thirty minutes, so I kind of yeah. like want to turn um, to so like well we're talking about all of this mm-hmm. right the last half hour. Um, what what are we gonna do? You know we mm-hmm. we mentioned that like at CP like get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that. This this kind of topic, this kind of um, this kind of theme, kind of requires you to unlearn some of your past. Mm-hmm. Requires you to reflect, mm-hmm. in much of the same way that we ask our white, white volunteers to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think those who identify as Asian American here, um, it's a little bit, it's much more complicated, because mm-hmm. there's like you are unlearning your privilege while understanding that you are a victim of such privileges. Mm-hmm. So. I think, um, like for me, going into this work, moving forward, it's we're going to pull a lot more people who look like us into this work. Mm-hmm. It's just not white volunteers or black volunteers. It's going to be Latinx volunteers, Asian volunteers, and all over, right? Um, so how can we, what, what kind of environment are we crafting? What kind of stories are we telling? Like, you belong in our work and not because, oh, you're just an observer or because you need to pick a side or something, mm-hmm. right? Like, you belong in our work because you have a story to tell, and this is how you're going to tell it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. You bring up a good point. I remember when we, my wife and I were first went to the 
inaugural CP mm-hmm. events. Uh, we were excited about it, what was going on. We were 100% behind it. And we looked around and says, why are we the only Asian Americans here? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When's this going to change? <laughs> but it has been changing now, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yes. Which I'm, I'm very glad that that's happening. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think for me, like as a, a path of moving forward, of navigating the space, I think like just for my own personal life, like, you know, maybe that Asian person in your class is just good at math because they like math. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh my God, you're Asian, you're good at math. And maybe it's like, oh my gosh, you're like a person and mm-hmm. you like the arts and you, you're really good at sports and I'm not going to tie a racial identity to who you are as a person, right? right? Yep. And, like, I'm not going to be weirded out when I see an Asian, quote-unquote, not acting like a traditional Asian, you know? Like, I don't know if I if I see an Asian... Okay, the other day I was at Alki Beach and I saw this, like, little Asian teenager boy, like, like rifting on a guitar. And I was like, oh, my God, that is amazing. <laughs> but really, like... That's cool. Like mm-hmm. break break those stereotypes, break those norms. Be the person that you want to be, not what society expects you to be. Yeah. And yes. and I I think I mean it's a privilege for me to even be able to say that. But yeah. I really I want to live my life how I would like to live it, not being yeah. put into a box. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. That was a great closing remark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, Julia. Okay. All right. We'll end it here. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having me here.